heroes are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them, from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen to the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. The doctor saving lives at your local hospital. The war veteran down the street who risked his lives for our freedom. The police officers and firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur. The creator. The producer. The ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what? I can fix that. I can help people. And I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks of the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello, and welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews. I am in line with Dimitri Gustav. Dimitri, are you there? Yes, I am. Awesome. Glad to have you here. For uh, those of you who are uh, regular watchers of the show, I am uh, back in an RV park with no cell service, so I'm back at the beach. You know, here's my uh, my office view for the day. Uh, don't have my cool studio here at the uh, um, at the beach, but anyways, what I want to do is introduce Dimitri real quick, and then we'll get started talking about what it is that he does and his uh, his story. So, Dimitri, you were declared the SEO rock star by the American Marketing Association, um, and you significantly increased the online presence of brands through custom digital marketing campaigns and innovative content marketing techniques. Um, let's see, you're also the internet marketing director at Regex SEO, and your work has appeared, uh, sorry, Regex SEO. Yeah. Your work has appeared on uh, Moz, RankWatch, SEMrush, Hacker Noon, UpCity, Business Innovator Radio, Small Biz Bonfire, and many other profile marketing platforms. So why don't you start off and tell us a little bit about what your business is like now? What is it that people come to you for? Why do they, uh, why do they hire, uh, hire your company? All right. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And uh, yes, I am the founder and now um, I am a internet marketing director at uh, Regex SEO. We are based out of Houston. We have a couple offices in uh, different cities in Austin uh, and a couple other ones. Uh, so we are a full digital marketing strategy, digital marketing agency. We specialize in SEO specifically, custom marketing campaigns and everything which is really um, related to marketing from SEO to social media to email marketing to even web design branding and more and kind of the whole idea is that we start from ground zero uh, if you have never had any presence online at all even if you don't have a website if you don't have any marketing strategy we kind of take you from that ground zero and uh, go with you as far and as high as you would like to go. How long have you been, uh, been doing that kind of work? Well, uh, professionally, it's been about seven to eight years. And first I have started when I was still in college. And that, if we count that, then it's been almost 12 years now. Awesome. And you said you, you're a managing partner of Regex? Yes. Uh, yes, I am a manager, managing partner. Yes. 
So you have, uh, do you have other uh, business partners that you work with in that company? Right. Yeah, it's uh, three of us. And to give you a little bit of a backstory. So I founded Regex in uh, 2015, late 2015. And I was kind of just was on my own. And uh, I am by training and by experience, an SEO guy, uh, more like a technical guy. Uh, I do also development and things like that. And I needed help with design and sales and two of my of my friends in 2017 they decided to open their own company who and they would be specializing in design and uh, so one of the guys he's designer and another guy he is in sales and they kind of reached out to me to basically outsource the seo work to me and while i would be outsourcing design work to them. Well, we kind of talked back and forth. And at that point we decided, well, why not to combine the, the uh, strengths of ours? And that's when we decided to merge and that's how it is now. So yeah, I'm the technical guy. Another partner is a designer and the third partner is sales and web and uh, business development. And at this point, how big is your team entirely with all of your employees and staff and that kind of stuff? Right, so right now we have 14 people in-house and probably around 30 or 40 uh, like freelancers and uh, people who we use on project basis. Wow, so you have quite a large team that you, uh, you work with now. Has that a, been an interesting transition going from a small business to having, uh, having a team of something like, what do you say, almost 60 people that you, you work with? Pretty much overall, yeah, it's almost like 60 people. Uh, it surely is very different, yes. And it's, it's, it, even though it's fun, uh, the, 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 the difficulties, the problems, the, uh, the whole approach kind of changes. Right? Whenever you are by yourself, everything is on you. And, uh, you know, you don't really have to kind of talk to anybody. Uh, all decision making is very straightforward. You know, I just thought it up and there you go. And now it's a completely different situation. I have uh, managers who work under me. They have people who work under them. And then we have freelancers, contractors, and so on and so on. So uh, it's very different, that's for sure. Uh, but it's still fun. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting place to be in your business when it's grown to that point. So what I want to talk to you about a little bit is your, uh, your origin story, right? Every hero has an origin story. It's where you started to realize that you were different. Maybe you had superpowers and maybe you could use them to help other people. Right. Where did you make this discovery that you wanted to be in SEO and more particularly start a business in that space? Right. Uh, how did I start in SEO? That was pretty much a just a pure chance uh, situation. Uh, by training, my, my actual education is in web development and programming. So um, I've been doing that for quite some time and I started looking for uh, new jobs. I moved to Houston and I started looking for new jobs. There was an ad and they were looking for a PHP developer. When I came in there for the interview, they said, we do look for a developer, but the one who specializes in SEO. I have never heard that term before. And uh, at the end of the day, basically what they were looking for was a SEO specialist. And they kind of gave me an ultimatum to learn SEO in a couple months 
or to be fired. So uh, that was something I have never had to deal with before. And, you know, I just dove in, uh, here, uh, how they said, you know, head first. And uh, in about six months, uh, I was running their whole internet marketing department. Uh, just, uh, you know, power through it. And uh, ever since then, I am in marketing. Just learned the skill. So how did, how did you make the transition from being someone who um, had a job to someone who created a business? Uh, right. So I've been working for that company for some time. And the biggest uh, differences, I guess, the, the things I did not like the most were in the way we were kind of selling SEO. And that's unfortunately a very common thing to do in SEO industry whenever SEO is being sold as packages, right? Uh, somebody comes into SEO agency and they're being offered like three, choose from three plants. And the whole idea is very weird to me because if you're a dentist and a lawyer, how can you be doing the same marketing, the same um, activities, the same type of things for a dentist and for a lawyer? So at that point, it became a question. Yeah, it needs sense. to be all custom. It needs to be custom approach. It needs to be uh, very different from what the SEO industry is used to. And that's how I decided, well, you know, uh, I'm just going to go and try it on my own since the management at that company did not agree with me. And uh, yeah, so just decided to, <laughs> to, decided to start it and that's it. So when, when was that? When did you make that decision to start your own company? It was end of 2015 uh, and officially I got incorporated or like the uh, opened the actual company on paper in March 2016. So three to four years and you've gone from uh, just yourself to 40 people and a couple of partners and offices in yeah. a few cities? Yes, yes. Uh, in the beginning, it was kind of uh, quite a slow process, that's for sure. Um, the, the growth we had after the merge has been tremendous, and I'm very glad, very thankful uh, for meeting those guys, for knowing those guys. And um, yeah, uh, the growth was kind of almost exponential if you do it over the years. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So what I want to talk about next is your superpowers. And this is, I want to talk specifically about you and what you bring to the company, right? So what is it that you do or build or offer this world that helps solve problems for people that really helps slay the, you know, this world's villains? What is it that, that you bring to the table, bring to Red Jacks that really is like your own personal superpower? Oh, that's a, that's a very good question. Uh, well, at the end of the day, I am a in marketing, right? So my actual job, my what I'm here for is to create the best marketing solution for people. And uh, as I said before, it's three partners and I'm the only one who had some background in marketing. So that's a unique thing which I do bring to the, to, to the place. And what I also, um, I'm very analytical. Um, my education is in mathematics. So all that programming I was talking about earlier, it's yeah. all based in mathematics. Uh, my actual degree is in applied mathematics. 
So uh, I look at everything from analytical point of view and in marketing, there, uh, most of decision, decisions are based on numbers or they, at least they should be, right? If, uh, if some kind of strategy, if some kind of approach doesn't work, well, in that case, we should not be wasting money and putting more and more into it and rather just look at the data and analyze everything and see what is the channel, the marketing channel that brings the most return on investment, ROI. And uh, I think that's kind of, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a superpower, but it's, it's something uh, that, uh, how, I'm, how, how I differentiate myself, I guess. It's not about feelings. It's not about, um, this is what I think. It's more about, here's the data, parse through it, think through it, and there you go. So um, I have a question for you, just a, a thought that I've been having, um, me and one of my business partners have been talking about. Um, you know, you have different marketing channels and yes. you have some of them that produce an ROI and some of them that don't. And then you have in the, in the selection of channels that produce an ROI, some of them produce really high ROIs and some of them produce low ROIs. And one of the contentions that I have is that a lot of businesses will look at three or four different marketing channels and say three of them are producing an ROI, they'll kill all of them except the one that's producing the best ROI. And I always am asking like, why, why would you kill the marketing channel that's producing an ROI at all, right? If it's, if it's producing return on investment, even if it's lower than the other one, it's still, it's still producing an ROI. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Right. Uh, that question is being asked all the time here. And the answer usually is it depends on the budget. So if you have a very limited budget, uh, you know, a couple thousand dollars, you know, very small budget for the industry, in that case, it's, it makes more sense to just get the most out of your buck uh, in the beginning kind of thing and get the most sales, the most return, uh, in the beginning and then take that money which you are uh, getting from that the best performing channel and start investing in other channels. Now, if your budget does allow, we always recommend, in fact, going after all of the channels. And if, it, uh, if your budget even allows that, then you might want to invest in the channels, in the marketing channels, which are not getting any ROI and here is why pretty much that's for brand recognition you know there are people who are let's say um, as as funny as it is not everybody is on social media right so if you found out before that everything the the, the best performing channel is social media and I'm gonna just concentrate on that well you're missing out on a chunk of audience which has never had social media so you kind of need to go and um, you know, not to put all the eggs in one basket. Uh, but yeah, again, at the end of the day, it's really dependent on the budget. If you can, go for all of them. If you can't, then just pick the best one, get generate results, and then kind of reinvest. That's sort of where I come down on it as well, is, you know, as many as you can, and as money overflows in one, start putting them into the next ones, um, and really uh, help grow your, your business that way. Right. So. The other side of superpowers are your fatal flaws, right? So Superman has his kryptonite. Batman's not actually a super, super, uh, superhuman. 
Um, so my question is, what has something that has held your business back over the years that you've had to work on or have struggled with? What is it and what have you been doing to help overcome that in your business growth so other people who struggle with something similar might learn from you? Right. There are a couple of things which we are kind of still figuring out. And one of the biggest ones uh, was, and a little bit still is, is just getting the right people. You know, I started on my own. Um, the, the decision process is very simple. You don't, you are responsible for yourself and that's it. Now, whenever you start expanding, it's all about finding right people for the right price. You, we, you know, we're not, we're still a pretty small company. We don't have so much money that we can just waste hundred thousand dollars a year on somebody's salary. And then, you know, if it didn't work out well, oh, well, right. So that was a, that still is a very, very important topic for us, how to find those right people, right folks. And we want them to feel comfortable. We want to enjoy, we want them to enjoy working with us. And we don't want them to not produce any results either. So that's one of the major parts of it. And then another one, which again is very much related to the growth of the business, especially rapid growth, is just setting up systems in place. You know, uh, when I was by myself, I had probably under 10 clients and pretty much like Gmail and Google Sheets, and that's all I needed for everything, from my accounting to my uh, uh, task boards to everything. And then now when we have so many people and then several levels of management, it needs to be all set up in such a way that whenever somebody leaves or somebody new comes on board, that it's fairly easy to train them, fairly easy to kind of uh, add them to the workflow without breaking the whole thing. Um, so that's one of the, the probably two major things which we are still improving on. And in terms of personal one, I think it is, it comes down to organization. Uh, I'm kind of a procrastinator by nature, I guess. So I have to overcome that quite a bit, you know, just keeping myself organized, uh, keeping myself on time and things like that. Uh, you know, just uh, have to force so, yourself. Do you, do you have any tips for finding good people? Uh, I don't know if I have a good tip. Uh, no, not yet anyways, I haven't figured it yeah, out. So, well, so fortunately for us, it has worked out the way that we try to hire young, uh, bright folks who are either right out, out of the college or even if they never even went to college, they are very self-motivated, right? So we kind of give them the opportunity to grow with us and they start at the bottom, they start uh, with smaller, smallest tasks, the simplest tasks and we tell them pretty much kind of figure it out on your own. If you have questions, don't hesitate to ask, but there is no like a, you know, like a thick manual we can give you and just follow the steps. And uh, fortunately it has uh, worked out for us. That's how we hired pretty much everybody in the office. They, they come in fresh, they kind of figure it out 
on their own. We help, we help them as much as we can and they grow with the company. You know, the guys who started with us in the beginning as pretty much like interns, they are managers now. Um, so that's what worked out for us. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I want to talk a little bit about your clients, right? And the common enemy that you guys fight against, right? So if, when you bring on a new client, um, if you could, you have a magic wand that you sort of waved and could magically remove something from their life, from their thinking, from whatever it is they're doing in their marketing that, you know, you could just 10x their results a lot faster if they didn't struggle with this, what would that be? Uh, there are a couple things. One of the one of the most frustrating things we come across is just not understanding the value of marketing. You know, uh, some people come to us and it's like, uh, yeah, it's why why do we have to pay you so much? I can I kind of can do it myself. You know, it's not worth it to me, and it's very discouraging, and it's also well, not true. If anybody who has been in the marketing industry or have been doing marketing overall, you kind of know how much time and effort it takes. And uh, sometimes it's difficult Absolutely. to explain. Yeah, it's difficult to explain to people who are not in that industry, who do not really understand the value of it. And, you know, uh, at some point we kind of just had to uh, had to get those clients because we needed the cash flow and uh, we kind of had to power through it. Now, nowadays, fortunately, we can pick and choose a little bit. So that helps as well. You know, whenever somebody comes in, we spend good two, three hours just talking to them, chatting with them. And if it doesn't sound like they understand the value of marketing, well, at that point, it's going to be a waste of time and money on everybody's end. You know, we try we do our best, but you know, we can, we had some clients we had produced with like triple their ROI and they come back. It's like, well, this is not enough. You know, we, we have expected way more You've than run that. Into that before. Yeah. And uh, you know, that's, that's probably one of the bigger, uh, bigger, bigger one, bigger problems. And then another one I would say is, relying on data rather than feelings. Uh, as I mentioned before, I am that person which would just take data over anything else. And unfortunately, many clients, especially when they are uh, kind of like a solo entrepreneurs or when they have a lot invested in their business as a, like a personal baby kind of thing. Well, at that point, it becomes difficult to make rational decisions because it is their baby, right? Like we can show them, well, data shows this, don't do it or do that. And uh, they have such an emotional connection, they can't part ways. And that would be another thing, which if possible, we would just cut the line and like, that's it, just get rid of that. Cut the line, just remove it. Yeah, that's a common thing that I see. And I've, and I've definitely run into clients before who are like, you provide an amazing ROI and they just, they're like, it's not what I wanted. I wanted a, you know, a million percent ROI. And we're like, I, right. you're not talking in reality. Yeah. So the other side of that, if that's what you fight against, 
is the stuff that you fight for, right? Your driving force. Just like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or Google fights to categorize all the world's information. What is it that you guys at RegX fight for? At the end of the day, it's delivering great results. It's making sure that the SEO industry, that the marketing industry is not being perceived as snake oil salesmen. Uh, unfortunately, because of a lot of uh, uh, like scam, probably around 10, 15 years ago, SEO industry has still that uh, aftertaste of that. And we are making sure that everything we do is, well, first of all, it's professional. And then that we can change the mind of that, that we're not just snake, snake oil salesmen, that we are not just doing some things because uh, just to take your money, right? It's all data-driven. It's all result-based. And uh, at, of course, it's about results. We want businesses to grow. It's one of the best feelings whenever we can take a fresh company, like a brand new company, and develop them from you know zero dollars to a multi-million dollar company over, of course, time. It has happened before as well. So oh, that's really uh, cool. Yeah. So probably those two things. That's awesome. And um, I, it, it seems seems to me like you guys have you guys. Uh, w one of the reasons I love uh, marketing businesses in particular um, is your business has is like built on the ripple effect. That anytime you have a positive impact in your client's business, that then goes on to have a positive impact on all of their clients, which is um, I think oh, is yeah, very cool. Course. Yeah, absolutely. And as we always say, you know, to our clients, you grow, we grow, and that's how it is. The more money they make the more money they can invest in marketing, the more money they can, uh, the more they can expand. And therefore there is more work for us. There is more things for us to do. So yeah, that's, that's how we go about it. We don't want to just take your money and run. We want to help the businesses grow. So that brings me to my next topic, which I wanted to um, bring up something we talked about earlier. Um, and this is your, your hero's tool belt, right? Maybe uh, you have a big magical hammer like Thor or a bulletproof vest like your neighborhood police officer. Or maybe you just really love how Evernote helps you organize your thoughts. All right, so I'm curious what you guys use. You mentioned project management was a, something that you guys have been working on and growing. What are some of the tools you use to really manage and work with a business your size? Right. Uh, I don't think we have a hero as a, some kind of like a mascot. Um, it's all about just hard work. And in terms of tools we use, there are quite a bit of them we utilize. So for uh, all of our SEO stuff, we use a platform called SEM Rush. I don't know if you have ever heard of it. We do use I Ahrefs. We do use Ahrefs for backlink building uh, purposes. We utilize a lot of Google Sheets because quite a, quite a few things of our, ours are custom and Google Sheets probably provides the easiest way uh, to kind of combine many different things into one. Uh, there's, yeah, you can automate a lot of stuff with Google Sheets too. Right, yeah. Uh, there's Google, uh, Google Data Studio we use a lot. Um, let's see. And then for project management, we are still in the process of uh, discovery. We have been using Asana, uh, 
We have been using T-sheets for all time-related tracking. And now we are exploring this new tool called Acelo. We are we just, like today, we had a demo with them. And it seems so far so good. We just need to find out if it's a good fit for us. Uh, but yeah, there are a lot of tools for email marketing. We use SendGrid for all of our websites. All our websites, most of them are actually custom. So we don't use like a WordPress or anything like that. We develop it from scratch. And uh, at what we are trying to do, whatever tool we use, we really making sure that it has some type of API which we can utilize in order to pull all of the data that tool provides and be able to pull it into reports, into other things. Into data that you can show your customers. Yes. So I'm curious, because this seems like something you may have run into a couple of times over the growth of your business. And it's when is the right time to make a big tool change? Like, for instance, you're talking about moving your project management from Asana to Othello or whatever you called it. Acelo, um, how do you how do you sort of make that decision internally where you're saying we're going to take the time and effort to learn a new program, transition all of our stuff over here, and move something to a new tool? Is there something about like we're hitting limitations with current tools, or it's not working for us? What is sort of the catalyst to change something as big as like a project management tool or other tools you're using for your your business? Right, um, as you said just now, uh, it is about hidden limitations. And then also what we are trying to do as we are expanding, because we are expanding so quickly, we are kind of trying to future-proof as well. And it, the, the, the catalyst is usually a suggestion or a complaint or a phone call from a client or potential client and, when, and they ask something, hey, can I see this? Or why do you guys not do that? And it kind of just starts off that uh, chain reaction um, for us and we start exploring and trying to make sure that we are answering uh, and satisfying all the needs which we are which we need now but at the same time we're trying to future-proof so that whenever we expand even more whenever we hire more guys it's all very much streamlined and uh, you know we don't take those types of decisions the bigger decisions slightly um, it's, it's going to take us a couple months to make sure that if we do switch, then that tool provides everything for us. And that, that's pretty much about everything. As long as it's not cheap and as long as it's, uh, it's going to take quite a bit of time for us to research. And if we mess up, then it's going to affect us a lot. Yeah, we do not take those decisions like lightly. It takes months. Yeah, yeah. I know it's it's pretty common to make decisions like, okay, which where are we doing our you know our project management or where are we doing our automations, right? Is it Active Campaign or is it Infusionsoft? And we're gonna like if you anytime you make a decision to move your whole business from one platform to another like that, it's a it's really difficult. And I imagine it's a lot more difficult when you are the size you are, right? When you have you know 15, 16 staff in house and 60 plus people all, all overall all working with these systems. Um, it's a big deal to change something like that. So thanks for, uh, for your thoughts on that. Yeah, of course. Are you tired of trying to write webinars that don't consistently convert? How would you like to have a webinar that effortlessly created sales in your online business? 
you can. Introducing the Webinar Alchemy Workshop. Webinar Alchemy Workshop is an online masterclass that will help you write incredibly persuasive webinars for your online courses quickly and easily. Using what you learn in this class, you can build a webinar that educates your entire audience while still creating sales. For a limited time, you can purchase this masterclass for only $7, and you'll get the exact framework I've personally used to help my clients sell more than a million dollars worth of online coaching and training just over the last year. Simply text the word ALCHEMY, A-L-C-H-E-M-Y, to 444-999, and I'll send you all the details. The music is by Purple Planet Music. Visit www.purple-planet.com. And now, back to the show. So my, uh, my next question here is about your own personal heroes, right? So this, you know, Frodo had Gandalf, Luke had Obi-Wan Kenobi, Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad. Who were some of your heroes? Were they real-life mentors? Were they speakers or authors? Were they peers who were just a few years ahead of you? Um, and how important were they to what you guys have accomplished so far in your business? I don't think I have a personal hero. Um, I have been asked that question several times. And, you know, I don't really have, like, a real-life mentor who I would go to with any question. Um, what I usually say is that my mentor is YouTube and Internet. And, you know, that's just what it was. Um, I love you. YouTube. Yeah. As I, as I mentioned earlier, whenever I got hired as a developer and got basically given uh, like two months uh, to figure out the whole SEO thing, you know, all it was is just lots of internet research, lots of YouTube videos. And there are, um, you know, nowadays everything, you can find everything on the internet. So... Um, that's what I do always. Whenever I have some kind of question, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to find somebody. I just go and Google it, go research it, test it if I can. Um, there are, of course, people who are really good at what they do in the industry, and uh, I just hadn't had a chance, I guess, to meet them, to become friends with them, uh, even though. Uh, I guess I try to a certain extent, but yeah, there, I don't think there is anybody who is a personal hero of mine in, in like that. That makes a lot of sense, right? Sometimes you just got to put your nose to the grindstone and make it happen. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And as you, as you just said yourself, it's all about, you know, the, like, I don't, I don't have a personal hero. What I kind of say, which is in the same lines is that, um, my heroes are the guys who work here, right? The, the, without them, this would not happen. So at the end of the day, it's getting right people in office who really enjoy what they do and just have a good, good head on their shoulders. Yeah, right. I know my, uh, my business has been growing and uh, the couple of people I have on staff are incredible and I don't know how I can do any of the things that I do without them. So exactly. yeah, that's a... Uh, it's a good place to be. So yeah. last question, let's bring it home for our listeners. Top one or two principles or actions you use and follow every day that help contribute to the success and growth of your company that maybe you wish you'd known when you started out. Right. Uh, let's see. There, there are a couple things which I kind of believe, I guess, in. And all it is is just um, perseverance and uh, improvement over time. So, you know, when I started on my own, uh, it's kind of, I've had a couple moments where I would be, I guess, lazy to a certain extent. 
And it's like, yeah, I can do this task tomorrow. I can, uh, you know, skip um, this for another day or something like that. And who knows where I would be now if I did not skip those tasks. You know, it would take extra an hour, extra hour or something like that. And even though in the beginning it was a 16-hour working days, pretty much seven days a week, well, you know, um, we might have been a 40-people company in-house, 40-people in-house company now instead of 14. Who knows? And uh, another thing is just improvement over time. And at the end of the day, if things are not improving, then in, in the business world, you are not getting better. What this means is that pretty much every action we take, every decision we make, we try to make sure that it's gonna take our company, it's gonna take our um, overall performance uh, toward the right direction. And the same thing applies for our clients. If it's not really working, if data tells us that um, the things are not going right way, we just make sure that we are not just keep, we do not keep doing those things. I think, uh, I forgot who said that, but you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So that's what it is for me. Yeah. I think that's, those are two main things. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dimitri. I really appreciate you coming on to the show today. Last question, where, where can people go to find you if they are looking um, for someone who does what you do? Uh, and more importantly, what is the ideal type of client to reach out and, uh, and talk to you? Okay. All right. So that's a very simple question. <laughs> Our website is regexseo.com. And you simply go to our website and give us a call or fill out a contact form and we'll go from there. If you would like to chat with me personally, you can always reach me at dimitri at regexseo.com. That's my email. Or on Twitter or LinkedIn, my um, handle is digital spaceman. Uh, it's at digital spaceman. And it's fairly easy to remember. We are in Houston. It is a space city. It's all about you know, rockets and space exploration and stuff. So that's why Spaceman and digital is because, well, we are in the world of digital marketing. Again, it's uh, regexseo.com. And my personal uh, Twitter and LinkedIn handle is at Digital Spaceman. Okay, thank you very much, Dimitri. Really appreciate you coming on the show today. It was an absolute pleasure um, when the, having you on the show today. Um, do you have any, uh, any final thoughts for us before we hop off? All right, well, thank you, Richard, for having me. And I hope to talk to you soon again, and we'll see you next time.